All right, we're getting right, not getting left with former NFL great coach, now coach, you know, Bobby Jackson, but all-time NFL great cornerback, you know, who's taught a lot of guys along the way. Um, a lot of young athletes now have learned a lot from him. I myself have picked up some stuff from him coaching at FBU camps. Um, great individual, great player, um, husband, father, the whole gambit. So today we're going to touch upon that and the mindset, the journey, how, you know, how and when he got started along with everything, you know. So first and foremost, thanks for taking the time out today, coach. Um, you know, to start us off, like, where'd you grow up? How'd you get started into football? What age? Well, I, I grew up in the South, down in the South, a uh, little town called Albany, Georgia. Uh, famous for the birthplace of Ray Charles. Yes. And, um, you know, I grew up down there and, and for, you know, went to college at Florida State, which was about an hour and a half drive from my home. But I got started playing football. I didn't play organized sports until I was in uh, uh, high school. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, prior to that, you know, back, back, back growing up as kids, you know, down in the South, we were, you know, I, I was raised by my grandmother and my great grandmother mm -hmm. and you dad some you know could got me later on but but the bottom line was I came up with a lot of uh, strong family ties with with being my grandmother and my father's mother my yeah. grandmother and my great being uh, the leaders for me and basically you know that meant church on sunday <laughs> <laughs> screaming crying but for the most part I was an active kid um Sports really, you know, we it was we didn't have all the TV distraction, you know, cable and all that. We only, you know, we had those TV with the rabbit ears. Yes, <laughs> and them fall on to get a few channels. So we were outside a lot, and we played a lot of. I was an active kid, you know, uh, double dutch with the girls with us, uh, hopscotch, uh, high go seek, war. You know, we did we did a lot of stuff outside. Yeah. So I was a kid, and um, so. We obviously we formed teams and we started playing sports, football, baseball, you know, the whole gamut. I got into football uh, in my neighborhood. There was a lot of older guys who played football and I went and watched them as I grew up, you know, to be a young, um, you know, I guess, what, 10, 11, 12 year old. And I saw football, you know, Sandlot games, as we yeah. call them. And they were playing full tackle uh, with no pads. Some guys had cleats on. Some guys, uh, it was wild. They take Coca-Cola bottles in their arm, but you know that they, in their wrist. I mean, in their forearm pads, they had bottles, and I mean, it was brutal. Whoa! And uh, I, so I was obviously intimidated by that. So I played with my age kids, and that's why I kind of uh, perfected my craft playing with guys my age. But watching the older guys and seeing how violent it was. And just kind of fast forward it, uh, when I got to junior high school, I wanted to play football, but uh, the coaches thought I was too small. <laughs> so it discouraged me. And so I went and joined the band. So I had a career in the band playing uh, marching band. I played drums. I played every percussion instrument. But in my mind's eye, I wanted to play football because, you know, playing at lunchtime with the kids, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm a pretty fast runner, you know, I like to compete and we have some pretty great athletes. And uh, so fast forward, when I left my career uh, started when I went to high school and I went to a, I went to an all black, first of all, I went to all black elementary, Wow. all black, all black junior high school. When it came to high school, 
based on where I lived, I was zoned to go to a predominantly white school, mm. which had only been integrated maybe two or three years prior. And it was pretty, some racial stuff going on. But my saving grace was where I lived in Albany was the, you call that the, just like if you're in South Central LA yeah, or places that, that was my home. That's where I was from. Gotcha. But we call it place we call CME. Three, I was from CME. And that, that those three acronyms, those letters stand for crime, murder, and execution. Oh man. Or our criminal minded element. You know, that's that's what that's what basically that's where all the black folks live. Yeah. The, the, the folks so-called toughest black folks in Albany. But you had CME, you had East Albany, you had Southside, and you had West West Side. So where I was from was considered the toughest place to be from. And you didn't live there, you didn't go there. I don't care. Mm. But so anyway, I started playing football because the band over there was terrible. Okay? <laughs> and uh, see, when I, the band I played in was like Florida A&M mm. or Grambling, those type of bands. That's what I played in in, in junior high. We were pretty pretty good. Yeah, but I was not going to play in one of those concert boring bands. So uh, the star linebacker on the team in high school was my one of my best friends. I grew up with. He was a middle linebacker, called him Johnny Mew. Number 51, he he asked me to come out for football. And right off the bat, AJ, uh, in my mind, I thought, well, they said I was too small, but I knew I was tough enough. I had proven that in the playgrounds around yeah. my area. And uh, so I asked my cousin to go out for football, Charlie. <laughs> and uh, he's like my brother. And uh, he basically said, okay. If he would have said no, I wouldn't. I would, my career never started, AJ, because I was wow. pretty shy, shy. You know, I was introverted, but I was active, yeah. and I just I had this mindset that I wanted to do something. I don't know what it, I know what it is now, but then I didn't understand what it was, and so basically that's how my career started. And um, I played all three years in high school. Uh, predominantly, I started on JV, junior varsity, and I started at corner. And by the time I was a senior, you know, my, my junior, well, I was on varsity my junior year mm-hmm. uh, and as a free safety and I made all city, you know, which is our all-star, you know, all, there were four major high schools in my hometown. So I made all city as a DB. They switched me to wide receiver my senior year because I was the fast. Oh, and I also ran track. So I was the fastest guy on the team and one of the fastest in the state. So I played wide receiver in a pro style offense and I made all city at wide receiver that year. So I made it at two different positions. Wow. And that's how, that's how I ended up uh, going to Florida state. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you know the name Dan Henning. Yes. And Dan Henning recruited me to go to Florida state. He was a wide receiver coach at Florida state. He recruited me to play a wide receiver because he obviously that's what I played my senior year. Yeah. As fate would have it, AJ, when I went to Florida, I graduated early by the way mm-hmm. from high school. I grad. I was a true freshman at seventeen. Wow! And I graduated the spring that in that winter. That spring, I was in school already at Florida State. My my teammate Nathaniel Henderson, who was a talented defensive tackle, he was yes. about six six, two sixty. That was my homeboy. We grew up, and he was in. He's from CME as well, and uh, so he was also my roommate. But but the reason uh, when they recruited us, we we came down. We went through the off-season program in the spring. Now, keep in mind, I haven't even graduated from high school yet, officially. Yeah. Gradu- 
was that summer. <laughs> I was already in college already. So uh, anyway, Nate, um, when I went to Florida State and got arrived, Dan Henning happened to be recruiting, you know, for the other guy. So when I got on campus, he wasn't there. So they said, well, okay, we, we, we signed you as a wide receiver slash DB. Okay. So you, you practice with the DBs until Coach Henning get back, then we're going to switch you to offense. That never happened. I started as a true freshman at corner. <laughs> and I, I was, out of fact, I was the first, myself and a guy named Larry Key, who was a running back. He and I were the only two freshmen, that true freshmen that started. And I, I missed one game in four years. I started 44 out of 45 games because we went to a bowl game and we won that my senior year. But that was the only game I had ever missed from high school to that point was wow. that one game. So that, that's kind of give you a little background of, of how playing Sandlock ball in the, in the, in the neighborhood, playing against some great guys. Um, I have uh, people like Lionel Little Train James. Oh, man. He, he's from my hometown. He watched me growing up. I didn't know that he I, he idolized me. I just got off the phone with him, by the way. Oh, wow. And and then also, um, oh, my God, uh, can't think of his name. The, the wide receiver, Dion Branch. Dion Branch is oh, from yeah. my home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, he's an MVP in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Bart Oates, I played with his younger brother. He's from my same high school. So Bart has, I think, what, three, wait, I think he got three or four Super Bowl rings, mm-hmm. you know, that he won yeah. as a player. So, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of history of guys that came after me that, you know, I didn't know that I was inspiring them or they were watching me. I didn't know anything about I was just trying to chase my dreams at the time. Yeah. But that's a long-winded version of how how I got to Florida State. Wow, man. That, that's pretty impressive, man. And to think you got recruited. It's funny you mentioned getting recruited as a wideout and then they're telling you, you know, you're going to play DB and you never got moved over because the, the kids I train, um, one of my guys now, he's going to be a junior and he's primarily a receiver. And then we were warming up last week and doing hill work and his back pedal looks smoother. And I was like, hold mm-hmm. up. And I said, hey, man, you may want to reconsider just in case. And you might get recruited as a DB when they see you because he's tall and linky. And, you know, they love tall, linky, dinky bees now. You know, so right. I said, listen, I know you play receiver, but just be open to it because that was pretty smooth. And while he was doing it, I actually recorded it and sent it down to um, RC, Ryan Clark. And I said, check this out, you know, okay. so he could give me some okay. tuning on it. But it is very unique how things happen that way, you know, um, and it happens across the board. A lot of players that get recruited, you know, you get changed up and you don't realize it. They're putting you in a better predicament. You know, exactly. You know. Coach, I coach you to have a saying that, especially when I got in the NFL, they say the more things you can do. Yes. And when I make the team as a rookie, especially, uh, and you're a middle round draft pick like I was, uh, you want to be on every special team and, you know, get a chance to show what you can do. And, but, but I was, that wasn't an issue for me when I got with the, I mean, I just give you a little background with the, with the draft. Obviously starting four years, at Florida State, making All-American my senior year. We were a championship team. We only lost two games that year. Um, uh, and we played uh, University of Florida when West Chandler was a senior. Our senior year, I played in West. I had to cover West <laughs> Chandler and Derek Gaffney, who was my teammate with the Jets. And they had the fastest backfield in the nation because they ran a wishbone down at, at 
Florida when my during that time. Yeah. And Terry LeCount, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. He was their quarter. Terry LeCount was a world class 400 meter guy. He was their quarterback. And their fullback even ran, I think, a 4-4 at that time. That and I'm thinking, I'm talking 1977 now. And um, they, both of their halfbacks ran 4-3 or better. And Jesus. we ended up, we beat them 37-9. Because <laughs> oh, we had, they, we, our secondary, the slowest guy on our secondary, we averaged 4-3 or better by ourselves. So, you know, we we matched that speed and we were a bunch that came up and hit. You know, yeah. we wasn't a fin- group like they say Dion was a finesse corner. We were not finesse corners. You, you, it was, you were battle-tested. But um, start, you think after starting four years, only missing one game, that you would overcome that size thing. You know, I'm 5'9", 185 pounds. Um, but because of that, I didn't get drafted until the, I was the first player picked in the sixth round. That's when they had 12 rounds. Yeah. And I was really upset because I thought, you know, I should have been, a, my resume, I warranted being a first and second round pick. And, uh, but anyway, the beauty of it, the caveat behind that is that it gave me the motivation to prove people wrong. Because once again, my high school coach told me, say, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. Exactly. Meaning, it's not how big you are, it's how you play. So mm-hmm. I played like I was bigger than I was. And that, and my my biggest, they asked me what my biggest thrill was when they were interviewing me in the NFL. And I was saying, just knocking somebody silly because I always had to prove that I belonged. Mm-hmm. But then, after I, then I realized, okay, maybe I need to start picking off some balls too. I was more concerned in knocking people out. And so when I, my mindset was focused on interception, guess what? Now I led the team in interceptions, finished up six uh, all time. Uh, I think me and Darrell, Darrell and I have the same number, except Darrell got some of his on other teams. He didn't get them all with the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, is that, you know, that gave me motivation when I didn't get drafted the places I thought to go out and prove that I was once again, big enough. Mm-hmm. And that, and not only, I'm not going to take all the credit, you know, God blessed me with a desire to yes. want to be better. What it was, it was just something that was in me that I wanted to be better my situation, better my parents' situation. When I say my parents, my grandmother in this yeah. case, uh, my dad was doing well, ex-military, he had his own house and so forth. And But I wanted to get, I grew up in the project. Well, I grew up in less than the projects. I moved to the projects. That was an upgrade for me. Mm-hmm. And that time, AJ, I had a bathtub when we moved to the projects. <laughs> and Central Heat and Central Air was when we moved to the project. Yeah. Proud of that. Proud of that. I had a wood burning stove. I had to chop wood, cut wood, start a fire. So the house is nice and warm, especially in the wintertime for my grandmother because she was a domestic, clean other people's houses. So it was my job to make a fire every morning. So when she got up, it wasn't cold. Yeah. When we took a, you know, when we took baths, we took baths in those metal tubs. You got to fill them up with, you know, put heat water up on the stove real yeah. high. Put it up then balance it out with cold so you can take a bath. <laughs> That's what I grew up with. And yeah. when I moved to the project, I slept in the bathtub my first night with no water in it because I was like, man, we got a bathtub. <laughs> Other than dad's house, you know, my dad had a bathtub, but we never had one till we moved to the projects. So I, I was just hungry, man. I just, you know, God put that that 
inspiration in me, there's a seed of greatness, I guess, that I wanted to do something with my life out of a place where they said nothing good came from, <laughs> you know, yeah. CME. I was blessed. And, you know, what was your, that was your desire to get into there, you know, after being drafted, but during your NFL career, what kept that hunger, you know, like what started changing or adding to your mindset? Um, I, I think it's really, besides my self-determination, just knowing that if you didn't put the work in, you were going to be embarrassed on Sunday or, or whatever day you had to, I mean, you talking about great, I mean, first of all, I played with a guy named Wesley Walker, who was considered the greatest deep threat in the game at that time. And even today, you know, his, his numbers would match up, even though he never caught more than, I think, 50 balls in one year, mm-hmm. but he's averaged over 20 yards a catch. Wow. And West was speed demon, uh, blind and legally blind in one eye. That's the, that's the guy I had to practice against every day that, you know, he, I mean, I saw him just embarrass people. I mean, <laughs> DB were great players. So government, obviously working against him, uh, uh, Jerome Barkham, uh, the receivers that I had to play against, then eventually Lamb Jones, who's an Olympic gold medalist. These guys, I'm I'm having to cover in practice every day. Yeah. So hey, when I played against the Lynn Swans, who I was in awe of because I watched him as a kid, I'm yeah. like, damn, I'm like, I mean, I can I remember we were playing the first time we played the Steelers in Shea, and it's warm up, and I'm standing there watching them. I'm not even warming <laughs> up. That's that's Lynn Swan. That's Franco Harris. That's all these guys, that's Terry Bradshaw. That's Mel Blunt. That's my homeboy, JT Thomas. You know, all these guys, that's Donnie Shell. And, and needless to say, I got a lesson. I got my butt handed to me that day because I was in awe of him and Stallworth, for that matter. Yeah. And so the next time we played him, I had, I still had respect for him. I wasn't afraid, I guess. Yeah. And I held my own against them. They still beat us. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of messed Lynn Swan up to the point where he was like, who is that number 40 guy? Because I, I, I hit him pretty good. Mm-hmm. He thought it was a dirty hit, but it wasn't dirty. It was just, you know, like they played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but that that is uh, just the, the talent, the level of competition was so much. And I had great coaching, too. And I, yeah. I need to just say all my ability. I had coaches who taught me well. Um, I had other older veteran players who took me under their wing and showed me how to be a professional. Those things helped me. And it didn't hurt that the Jets were a young team. They, they, were, they hadn't won a whole lot of games. So they were looking for people to come in and play. So I went to a, the right team at the right time. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to sitting on the bench and learning behind a veteran player for a number of years and then get my shot. Yeah. I got my shot right away. Nice. Now, during your NFL career, at which point did you realize and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm, uh, I have the playing ability. I'm doing well. I'm bringing my A game. I'm learning to be a professional. Okay, I'm ready to start a life or a family outside of my football career. Uh, it, you know, it, it, I, my, my first, you know, I got, first of all, I, I, I didn't say I got married early. And I'm, I'm, I've been actually married three times. I'm in my third and final marriage. I'm with a, married a, a beautiful, a wonderful woman. And uh, but I got married when I was 17 years old. I failed to mention that to you. When oh I was a man! Fr- 
When I was a freshman at Florida State, I was married. <laughs> oh, you fell in love quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I, I had actually gotten a preacher's daughter pregnant. Oh, and wow. Girlfriend and, and at the time, and he threatened to shoot me if I ain't married. So he he actually married us in their backyard. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, a ceremony, obviously, but I'm just saying. Yeah. And but on the same thing, I you know, I cared for her and it, it wasn't no pressure. I mean, that I had a child being born at that age at 17. And um, but obviously that only lasted for maybe two years because I was once it once I went to Florida State, man, and first of all, started experiencing relationships because I'd never been in a whole lot. It was like my neck was turned all the time at Florida State, all the beautiful co-eds of different colors and shades and nationalities and so forth. I just lost my mind. So I, once I got this to the NFL, I was single <laughs> by my rookie year again. And then I got married again the year we had to strike in 82. Okay. I was, so I got remarried in 82. That marriage lasted for 20 years, believe it or not. And then I ended and then I, I married again and we've been married for six years. Nice. But I've known I've known her for over 30, <laughs> you know, so it ain't like something new. She was the one I should have married the second time. Thousand percent. <laughs> put it. And that, that was, you know what, I, I like to look at or see stories like that as it's part of God's plan, right? You know, that exactly. was just a journey. He was like, you know, I'm going to bring you guys back and I'll let you know when it's time to re- reunite. And then this time you're going to build together, you know. Exactly. So Exactly. Exactly how it happened. Uh, but I started... You know, during, I think, midway through my my career, I started thinking about what I was going to see. First of all, I had a goal to play 10 years in the league. OK. Uh, by a year, I played nine. Could have played longer, but I decided my health was was more important because I had a neck a neck injury my one, later on in my career that kind of curtailed it. But I started thinking about going in business for myself and doing some things. What am I going to do? Because I know I'm going to be an ex-football player at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought about a career in in, in acting because at that time, I don't know if you remember Kojak. Yes. Okay, well, Kojak, I, it's funny. It's going to sound funny, but then my nickname is Bojack. Yes. So I, I had envisioned a, uh, a, a, you know, one of the episodes on Kojak that Kojak meets Bojack. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're going to put that in. A, it's going to have a. NFL, I mean, a football player theme around it because I played and that was going to be my break into the movies, but that never happened. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 Burgess Owens, who's, who's a great teammate of mine, uh, won a championship with the Raiders. I think he's uh, running and running for Congress in Utah right now. I think he won the primary, he may okay. win. He was a mentor of mine, he and Schaefer Suggs. And uh, Burgess was a big Amway distributor. So I got involved in his business and I learned how to go in business from a spin entrepreneur, if you will. Yeah. We were pretty successful in it, but eventually that kind of faded away when the up with my my second wife and I being divorced, you know, everything kind of fell apart. Uh, but believe it or not, AJ, I never wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had made up in my mind because I saw all the hours that coaches put in and so forth. I said, man, I don't ever want to coach. I, I, and, and and what did I end up doing? Coach. <laughs> <laughs> now, I always like training, you know, guys to do what I did or help them or give them some. That. Matter of fact, that's how FBU Football University helped uh, put me in front of a lot of young, expiring athletes. And, and, and thankful to say a lot of those guys are going on to play 
in college or either some of them are in the military playing, you know, on those, you know, army and uh, the Navy teams. And uh, I, I made an impact in that area. And that's what I really liked about FBU. And that's what really got me into coaching at Chaminade was my experience. I was with FBU for about seven to eight years before everything kind of started falling apart. And then I was supposed to coach in that new NFL, that new league. Oh, yeah. Got a job. I got a job as a defensive back coach for the, the team that was going to be in Texas. Uh, the coach, the head coach, formerly with the uh, the Cowboys. I can't I can't think of his name now, but he was after obviously, uh, um, you know, the big name. Anyway, he had hired me to coach the DBs, and and I quit my job. I worked for Models in marketing for uh, seventeen years, mm-hmm. and I had my I was ready to go. And uh, so anyway, I resigned from my job on Monday to go coach in that league, and the league folded on Tuesday. Oh, man. <laughs> so so it was saying, like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to coach. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, so anyway, uh, uh, that's how I, I stayed with FBU. Still did those camps, and then I did some NFL um, uh, Hall of Fame, you know, some of those camps, a couple of camps with them. And then that's when I got a call from a friend to say, hey, he's head coach over at Chaminade. Why don't he want me to coach? And I was thought about it. I said, all right, I'll try. And it's, you know, it lasted four good years. We had some great teams over there. And when we found won the championship my fourth year, I figured it was time to quit. <laughs> I said, leave with a check. It's going to be hard to duplicate that, not, not only the JV, but the varsity won in the yeah. same year. And that ever <laughs> over there. Oh, man. And uh, I just enjoyed just seeing guys get better. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the best talent. The best talent, I mean, we, when we played uh, uh, Cardinal Hayes and teams of that nature, uh, uh, I own a prep. And uh, those uh, those stepping at, um, we, as a matter of fact, we played a team from Uniondale that had a pretty good squad. Mm-hmm. You know, quarterback was super, super fast. And he was there everything for them. Luckily, they only had just one of him when we could finally <laughs> stop him. <laughs> but if they had a team full of him, we would have been in trouble. Yeah. But uh, I just enjoyed And then I did also did a little, my own youth camp over at uh, um, Uniondale High School. They allowed me to do a camp over there one year and, and had some young kids. And I had a good time over there. And, and um, eventually I'll do it again. Yeah. But but that's that's how coaching came about. Um, I, my business career has been mostly, um, a lot of the leadership skills I learned from football, from coaching, a lot of the skills I learned from being in Amway business about reading, uh, expanding your mind, reading positive book, you know, that gets me into, I hated reading, mm-hmm. but it got me into re- motivational books, inspirational books, things to do, you know, to the point where I'm reading the Bible now, I finally got, I'm, I'm, I'm six, seven chapters in as far <laughs> as I ever got. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't get past Genesis before, <laughs> but uh, but that's the thing is I I think with my journey I'm at a point I'm I'm, I'm 63 years old now I'll be 64 God willing in December two days before Christmas I'm a Christmas baby and uh, you know I just wanna my motivation in life oh and I have seven kids of my own I have seven children uh, all of them are grown obviously and I have seven grandchildren mm. so everything. Everything I'm doing is really for their benefit to yes. pass on to them, earn so that they'll be better off. Not 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 handicapping by giving them too much, yes. but giving them a just 
giving them just enough. I mean, the most the most important thing I can give them is me, my time, mm-hmm. and the wisdom that I've gained from my life experiences. And, and, and trust me, there's a lot of things um, that I've done that I'm not proud of, but I learned from it. I'm here to, to be alive to tell them about it mm-hmm. as well. Other folks, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so that, that's pretty much kind of, uh, uh, kind of sums where I am now. And one other thing I want you to know, and I'm going to say proud of, but I don't know if you, you're familiar with native American culture. Uh, my, my wife is a native American. She's almost full blooded. She's a member of, uh, the Lakota, which you, we, we know them as the Sioux. The okay. Sioux that, that, and then that took out Custer. Mm-hmm. She's from that tr- sitting bull is her great, great, great grandfather. Wow. I've, a mother obviously is from that line. Her, her father is Joseph, General Joseph McNeil. Joseph McNeil is one of the Greensboro Four. Yeah. Oh, that's my father-in-law. I'm sitting right in his, in his matter of fact, I'm going to walk what? over. Well, matter of fact, I'm going to turn, turn around real see, see if you can see it. See that picture on the wall? Oh, wow. That's General Joseph McNeil there. I'm going to walk over here real quick and show you the famous picture that most people have seen. If you can see that picture, wait, where... Can they get see that picture there? Yeah, that's that's the number four. He's the one, one in the end in the white, the white coat, yeah. the trench coat. That's Joseph McNeil. That's the Greensboro four. That's the picture you see, other than the lunch counter one they're sitting at. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that's my father-in-law. So wow. I got a that's I got a lot of history to live up to. But I'm getting back to my wife's side of the family, Sitting Bull, uh, in there in the Native community. Uh, culture, they do something called Sundance. And I, I say, actually, I'm not going to try to get in explaining what it is, but it's one of the seven sacred ceremonies that the natives, not just their tribe, but all of them practice. Mm-hmm. And if you Google, you know, just have a chance at some point, just Sundance, native Sundance group, uh, and Google that, you'll get a little bit more background on it. But I had the fortune of being a sitting bull Sundance, meaning that I went out to out on the reservation in Standing Rock in South Dakota, North Dakota, and they actually participated in the Sundance, which is wow. a four-day ceremony. Oh, you damn. dance four, you dance four days, no no food, no water for four days. And it's in sun, they call it Sundance because you're dancing in the sun. We don't work, they don't sun, you're in the sun. And uh but the thing is I I I this I was t- I found out later on that I, I was the first black person to dance in sitting in, in sitting bull Sunday. And it was foretold that a dark person would do it, fulfill that. And when I went and did it, I didn't know I was doing that. But yeah. then my, my wife was telling me that I think one of her uncles or something was crying. And I'm like, why is he crying? He said, because... He said it was foretold that a black man would dance at Sitting Bull Sundance and he lived to see it. And that was me. Oh, wow. Now, I was like, really? So, you know, I'm still trying to on that journey and to learn to, you know, get that higher spiritual what connection. But that's something that out of all the things that I'm proud of is not playing nine years in the NFL. It's not being on the all time jet team. It's not being having my jersey retired in high school. The only one and it's. Uh, in this in the city, for that matter, 
And uh, it's the fact that I was participating in an event like that. Yeah, that's big. And, you know, growing. Yeah. And learn. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, one question, because you, you um, alluded to, you got to it a little bit. So seven kids, seven mm-hmm. grandkids. Um, mm-hmm. During your playing days and even after, like, how'd you balance that, you know? How'd you balance the, the relationship with your kids? You know. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's well. Um, let's see. Four. Let me count this one. Four. Wait a minute, three, four of the seven lived here in New York. Okay. Uh, so now there's really only three here now. My other one of my daughters moved to. Uh, outside of LA, she's out in Van Nuys. Okay. And then I have two two of my kids are living still in Florida. So one's in Tallahassee where I went to school, and one's down in uh, Fort Pierce, uh, Port St. Lucie area. So, but uh, but the, the, the answer to your question, I'm obviously I'm more around the ones who are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to, uh, but I mean, break it down. I have five girls, two boys. Wow. Both of my both of my boys played football. Both of them were better than me <laughs> and uh, only and uh, faster than me. You know, uh, I was my fastest time was a four, three, five. My youngest son ran a four, two, eight. The other one that played at Hobson ran a four, three flat. He actually had a Robert is his name. Robert had a chance. Robert was more like and they were also great track guys, too. Robert had a chance to be in camp with the Dolphins in the, uh, the 49ers. That's who picked you. Taking, he played at Hofstra. He's an All-American in Hofstra. And uh, he ended up uh, getting hurt, so his career never really took off. And then my youngest one, who was, I thought was more talented, played at he – he, he got the best, uh, AJ. He played at Tuskegee University. He got that black college football life. Oh, man. And, and he, he won two championships down there at TU, as they call it. I actually went to see him play. And, and um, you know, he, he, he got hurt in a car accident right before the, the draft. I mean, oh. before the somebody hit him in the back in the car and messed him up. So he, he never even got a shot to play in the NFL. And then he was going to play in Canada. And then uh, something happened. I've, I've got what happened with that. But the bottom line is he, I'm glad he didn't play. I'd never put pressure on my kids to play sports. Mm-hmm. They just kind of gravitated to it on their own. Uh, but I, you know, we have, he's, Sean is the one, I call him, Sean is a derivative of the name Action. They call me Action Jackson, so I want to name my son Action Jackson, but the wife wouldn't let me, so I called him the closest thing I could, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Robert, Robert, tell me. so they, you know, they, Sean is probably closer to me than all of them because he seeks me out. He looks for me. He's around me. He makes sure I'm okay. When I was having some injury, health issues, uh, he would come and make sure I was taking on the right things and get yeah. on that sea moss drinks for me. He's the one that always kind of looks out. So he's kind of like people can say he's my favorite, but he's not. He's the one that makes himself more available. Yeah. <laughs> and the others and my girls, you know, obviously there, uh, my oldest daughter, my first born was a daughter. She, uh, she lives here. She's a little bit more headstrong. Um, we kind of bump heads because we're kind of like <laughs> so much, Got my temper, but uh, all my kids, I'm pretty. I talk to them. Um, you know, we we 
I'm involved in their lives. I know, you know, I'm involved in my grandkids' lives. I try to impart whatever knowledge I may have and also try to prepare for them, you know, in the event that I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Definitely. So it, we, 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 I think, I'm going to say we have a close, close, close family. Being, obviously being divorced and, and my other kids live with, their, with my ex, you know, now sometimes that could be a, a deterrent because some depend on how the ex feels. She can either turn your kids against you or try to. Yeah. Or enhance the fact that, hey, that's your dad. Well, sometimes, you know, you have an issue with that as well. But for the most part, I my kid, I, I know my kids love me and respect me and they they want to be around me. So that's, as I say, I must have did a good job in, yeah. in raising them. Erase them. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> Definitely. My man, um, you know, thank you again for taking the time out to chop it up with us today. Um, always good talking to you, even when we worked at FBU, just the conversations on the side, you know, and mm-hmm. chopping up with football and life. Um, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big thing. I know a lot of us, us athletes, and even still now, they don't think about life. They just, so, we're so consumed in the game that we're not thinking mm-hmm. outside of it. And, you know, when you finally tap into it, there's a lot of things that, that can happen, you know, and you find different passions along the way. So well, it's, a, it's a great well, thing. But I tell you, when you talk about FPU, I met so many great players that I, you know, obviously I knew, played against some of them, but I, I watched a lot more. But uh, just the, 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 the camaraderie we had, I tell you, I never had a bad experience ever at an FBU camp. And uh, Odell Jones came became my big brother, man. Odell always <laughs> looked out. He, he's a funny dude, man. We stay in contact now, and and but just a bunch of group. It was, I thought it was a, a a great great vehicle for us, the older guys, to impart some of the knowledge yeah. that we had younger guys, and and just. Such a great time. I mean, I can just think about all the great young men that I had a chance to coach for a weekend yeah. and see them grow, blossom and go off to college and, and be fine young men. That's, that's really why, you know, I really got into coaching for was for that. It's just trying to help somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. A thousand percent. Cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll yeah. definitely be in touch with my man. Um, speaking of those books, I'm going to shoot you a text with a couple of books that you might like as well. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right, definitely. I'll be looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Good talking to you. All right, AJ. And thanks a lot. Thanks for uh, interviewing me. Yes. Have a great day, man. All right, you too. Bye-bye.